TalkLine Network Radio, America's longest-running Jewish broadcast network, the voice of the Jewish community. Welcome to the podcast. And now... You're listening to Talk Line with Zev Brenner, America's premier Jewish broadcast on the air since 1981. And now, here's your host. Welcome back to the program. I'm Zev Brenner. I was going to say we're going to the North Pole, but we're actually going to Atlanta, Georgia, home of, I believe, the only Orthodox Jewish Santa full-time. And I'm talking about Santa Rick Rosenthal, a professional year-round Santa who also attends congregation young israel of toko hills in atlanta and since two th- he's been actually doing santa claus for is that 62 years you've been playing santa claus it, it's 52 years 52 years yeah wow. and it was young israel now it's Orhatora. Orhatora in atlanta georgia so you're a nice orthodox fellow even though i believe you grew up conservative you became orthodox how did you get to play santa claus and eventually in 2011 do it full time well it started when I was in high school in 10th grade. I did it just to entertain some fellow classmates, and that was a lot of fun. But then after three years, uh, I was out of high school and um, started doing it for strangers, for children and families, and that put a whole new light on it. It's a different experience. And so that's basically what it did. And you're only Santa for a couple weeks out of the year, um, but it's interesting because when America's over 200 years old and there were basically no Santa schools until 20 years ago. So it's still the wild West. It's still an infant uh, business and professional professional business that people are in. So schools started popping up about 20 years ago. And I can tell you as a guy who went to most of the schools that being a professionally trained and educated Santa totally changes everything for not only the visitors, but for you as well. It's a different holiday than for the guy who just thinks, I'll put on a red suit and have some fun. It's it's a huge responsibility. And I, I want to get that, but I just want to first get to the beginning. First of all, I understand Santa Claus might have had something to do with the Coca-Cola company. They're the ones that introduced Santa Claus to America. Is that correct? No, no. They're the ones who get credit for it. And okay. as a matter of fact, the, most people don't even realize the Santa suit is different from the traditional Coke suit for America, which is different than the rest of the world. The traditional Santa suit had white fur going right down here on a red suit. If you look at a Coke suit, there is no fur. Okay. So And also, mm-hmm. Santa had a black belt. Coke gave him a brown belt. And he had black boots, and Coke gave him brown boots. But those are the major differences, which are minor. And and he he didn't Coke didn't did they they've done wonderful things with Santa by all means they popularized of course Santa Claus and certainly gave him a new look so how did you you're you're a young Jewish boy what made you decide that you want to play Santa you know that's the elves calling me I'm going to turn that off I thought okay. I'd muted that oh, oh, not, you know. not not a problem. Anyway, you know, even though Christmas is over, we start cleaning up right away, and that's probably the elves telling me one of the vacuums or brooms broke. You know, that's probably what that was. But I'm just trying to get. So you grew up Jewish. You did. You did all the. You had a bar mitzvah. Yeah, you celebrated the holidays, right? Growing up. Yeah, on a conservative level, and uh, then at around 35, I started going to an Orthodox synagogue, and 
literally my life changed in many ways that way also. But about 10 years ago, when both my parents died three weeks apart. That's 2011. Uh, that's, yeah, that's when everything really changed. My mother died first day Rosh Hashanah on September 29th. She had a horrible one-year battle with colon cancer. And my daddy, God love him, they were married uh, just short of 65 years. And uh, when he came home from the funeral, he said, that's it, I'm done. And there is a medical condition called broken heart syndrome. And I really don't think my dad was depressed. I asked him, he said, no, uh, he clearly was not suicidal, but he was just broken and he had no will to live after that. And it's a real medical condition it's called broken heart syndrome. And he passed away 18 days later on Cholomoid Sukkot. Wow. So that changed your life in this, instead of just playing Santa Claus a few weeks during the year, you've made this a full-time occupation. What happened after the, your parents passed away that you decided you want to become full-time Santa Claus, an Orthodox one? So there's two questions there, Orthodox Santa and Santa. Um, from the Santa aspect, it happened by accident. I have two hobbies, metal detecting and gardening. And, well, actually, I have three now, bees, but that's another story. But I had two back then, and... and uh, I would camp out at Home Depot uh, waiting for the for the uh, vegetables to come in. Um, and I, of course, wasn't in a good spot, so Home Depot seemed to be the best spot for me. And I'd go there almost every day and look for the vegetables to come in so I could plant them early. And I was in the garden center, and I don't know if you're familiar with Home Depot, but in the garden center towards the front, there's an aisle that goes straight out of the garden center through the middle of the store. And... Um, that's where this little boy was standing with his daddy. And I was about 10 or 15 feet away. And I heard this little voice go, daddy, daddy. It wasn't like the exorcist and it wasn't like he was choking, but it was, it was clearly something I needed to turn around and look at because I realized what was going on before I even turned around. And the child had a death grip on the side of his dad's shirt and he had been tugging on it, but he just froze when I looked at him. And I, I wasn't in the right place to be Santa, but having the years of experience, I knew how to jump to that spot. And I walked over to him and I bent down almost nose to nose and I went, shh, don't tell anyone you saw Santa buying tools for the elves at Home Depot. And, and I turned around and I walked out of the garden center through the store at each aisle, I turned around and he was still staring at me and still leaning forward. And when I finally got to the last row, which I'm guessing is about 20 rows down, which took a couple minutes, I just turned to the left. The exit, the store was, the exit was to the right, but I turned to the left and just went back in the back corner and stood there about 30 or 45 minutes till I was sure that he left because it took everything I had to be jolly on an instant's notice. But what I realized during those 45 minutes was this is really what I need to do? Because I was, I wasn't depressed, but I was miserable. My I had a great dad, and a, my mother was a, a good woman. And I, you know, according to Judaism, you're an orphan when you lose both your parents, and it happened in 18 days. And I just really was. I, I've never been depressed a day in my life, but I was really troubled, I guess. And uh, I realized this is a life changer. And it really was. What you were you become doing a for, better what, person when you become Santa. 
So what what were you doing before and profession-wise? Oh, I've had many different businesses. Um, I had an apartment locator service for people who want to rent apartments. I help them find them. I had, uh, in the 60s and 70s, I had a Baskin-Robbins ice cream store, the first one in the southeast uh, outside of California. Um, I also had one of the larger window cleaning companies in the southeast for uh, 15, 20 years. I also was a national distributor for Taser when it first came out. And I've had many other businesses. Um, I'm a trained mediator and arbiter and divorce coach. Um, so I've worked in the legal arena. And then 2011, you decide you're going to become Santa Claus full-time, open up an academy to train Santa Clauses? No, I decided to become Santa full-time. Uh-huh. And that process doesn't happen in a day. It took a couple of years. And um, I opened the school and opened a, a, an agency of professional Christmas performers. The school is the Northern Lights Santa Academy, and the agency is the National Santa, uh, NSA, National Santa. God, I can't believe I'm blanked out. And it, would that be National Santa Academy? No, National Santa Agency. Oh, Agency, okay. Yeah. So you play Northern Lights Santa Academy, National Santa Agency. Too many A's. Too many A's. I'm several hundred years old. I get confused. <laughs> so first of all, how did your your fellow congregants at the former Young Israel in Atlanta, how did they take to the fact that now they have a full-time Santa Claus praying with them, diving with them in their midst? So it wasn't a problem for the neighborhood we have like five orthodox synagogues all within a quarter of a mile um there's a, a Sephardi, there's um a uh, couple of chabads and there was a russian and then there's beth jacob which is the oldest atlanta orthodox synagogue and then there's this synagogue and just all kinds of davening going on in small groups so everybody knew me because i've lived in this neighborhood almost my whole life so it wasn't a problem what would be a problem was uh, for some people, both Jewish and non-Jewish, the Jews who would, like someone would come to a bar mitzvah and say, why is Santa sitting over there? I mean, because I look like Santa. <laughs> Did you and dress I, up like Santa Claus at bar mitzvah or you just looked like him? No, I look like Santa, and I always wear a red shirt or something Santa-ish. To shul, I always wear, well, every day I basically wear a red shirt, which makes my beard stand out even more. And um, and green pants. I have like half a dozen of the same red shirts and half a dozen of the same green pants. But I have vests and coats. But anyway, at Shul, it's a laid-back Orthodox synagogue, so you have to wear a suit. And uh, people would come to visit for whatever reason, and they go, "What's Santa doing over there?" And I'd go, and they and they say, "Oh, that's that's really Santa." And they would have a problem with that. Some of them, you know, how can you allow that? And uh, they don't really understand Santa or orthodoxy, the people that say that. And I would get the same thing occasionally from the non-Jews, like, how can you be Santa? And, and the answer is really simple. There's four questions. The first one is, do you have a problem with a Jewish store owner selling Christmas presents? And the answer is always no, no matter who you ask. And the second question is, do you have a problem with Jewish doctors and nurses working on Christmas Eve for the non-Jews? And the answer is always no. And then the third question is, if you ever saw a child in distress, would you ask them what religion they are? And the answer is always no. So then the obvious answer is, it's not a problem. It's not a conflict to be Santa because 
the Talmud teaches us to be a light, a shining light unto other nations. And so I'm making people happy, which is what all major religions want you to do. Did the Talmud have Santa Claus in mind when they said that? Well, I'm not sure because I really, <laughs> you don't know the genealogy of Santa, but I think the first Santa was Abraham Claus, then Isaac and Jacob, you know. And then there were other clauses, you know. Well, do, do people work for you? Are they called subordinate clauses? <laughs> you know, you're a funny guy. <laughs> We're speaking. What's your Hebrew name, by the way, Rick? Well, I tell people it's Groovin Reuven, but it's Reuven. Reuven. All right, Santa, Rick Reuven Rosenthal is our guest, a professional year-round Santa Claus, and he has a, a school where he teaches people how to do Santa Claus, and he rents out Santa Claus. He's a member of an Orthodox synagogue in Atlanta, Georgia, and we are looking at his profession. You're listening to Talk Line with Zev Brenner, America's premier Jewish broadcast on the air since 1981. And now, here's your host. Santa Rick Reuven Rosenthal is our guest. Did you ever find that you came across people who were anti-Semitic where they found out you were a Jewish Santa, that you're an Orthodox one? Did you find anti-Semitism on the job? No, but there, it's funny. The very first Santa school I went to, the instructor, as soon as school started, announced, this school is going to be different than all the others. We have an Orthodox Jewish guy in here. And I was in the middle of the classroom, and literally the people behind me leaned backwards, and the people in front of me leaned forwards, and the people to the left went to the left, and the people to the right went to the right. It took about two minutes for everybody to sit back up straight. <laughs> now... Uh, I could imagine. What about Shabbos and Yantif? Do you, are you required? What happens if Christmas falls out on the Saturday? What do you do? Well, it, it did this year. And, right. Uh, so what I do you, what do you do? You're Orthodox. You should be in shul. I don't work unless there, as you know, there are ways not around it, but there are ways. Your rabbi works on Shabbos, and the caterer works on Shabbos. So if I can stay near the job because it doesn't involve money, I will go and be Santa because it really. It's funny. I know we live in a uh, Christian-based world because that's the big religion. But America really needs Christmas. It's the it's the one holiday. I mean, Thanksgiving families get together, but it's the one holiday where people really change, whether they're Jewish or or. Well, Jews Christian don't celebrate Christmas. I think we need Hanukkah, right? Uh, well, we need Hanukkah, but necessarily we don't have the spirit of Hanukkah or the niceness of Hanukkah. Um, there's a certain spirit of Christmas that just passes through everything. It's an amazing thing. Bob Cratchit was nice on Christmas Eve. You know, everybody gets nice for Christmas for whatever the reason, either because their sales are up or because of some other reason. But Christmas really brings out the best in people. Maybe in America, but used to be in Europe, or there's a fellow in my synagogue where he remembers Christmas night he had to hide under the bed because they threw rocks through his window in Romania because it was a dangerous time to be Jewish was Christmas and Easter. So maybe America is different. But for a Jew who has a long-term historical memory of thousands of years, Christmas was not a great time to be Jewish because of the anti-Semitism that showed and reared its ugly head on that night. Well, it's interesting because most non-Jews don't distinguish, and they should, Santa is not St. Nicholas, nor is he Jesus. And so he's not really a religious character at all. He's a spiritual character. He believes, like all religions, in a higher force, God. 
But if he were anything in particular, he'd go to a Baptist church or a Catholic church. He doesn't. He believes in one God. And so over the years, many, many people have not understood that, that we're not Jewish. And unfortunately, yes, you're right. There have been some real bad times for Jews all throughout history, and now is no exception. But in America, it's really wild. It's just a, if you look to the right or left, people are in a hurry, but they're nicer. It might it may be more of an American thing than at least it was in Europe in days gone by. So, but uh, what have you, what, what about your kids, your family? How do they react to it? Is anybody going into the business? So, first of all, there are no kids. They're goats. I have children, not not kids. Are you kidding so me? I'm just joking. <laughs> oh, oh, you're a real funny guy, you are. <laughs> um, so, children, it's interesting. There, in the past 15 years, has been a major shift in the way Santas look. There are ethnic and cultural diverse Santas. Children don't see colors. They don't. They don't hear accents, whether you're Southern or Northern. Adults see that. So... It's not really an issue like people want to make it. It's really not. It's a beautiful thing. It's really, it's, it's just an amazing thing. And, and, and we, we train Santas, Mrs. Claus, and elves. And elves are interesting because they're just there to serve the North Pole. So it doesn't matter whether they're Jewish or Asian or anything else. But in a lot of people's minds, Santa in America, Santa is white and Mrs. Claus is white. But it doesn't have to be that way. So you train everybody, whoever wants to be Santa Claus, you'll train them in your school. A professional Christmas performer. That is correct. Not Santa Claus, a professional Christmas performer. These are Santa's helpers. So how is business for you, especially in the age of COVID? So when COVID started in March of 2020, um, all the Santas across the country were really upset. Oh, it's going to be no Christmas. And I've got quite a network, and so I did a Zoom call, and I told everybody, don't worry, you're going to see a major shift. Virtual visits are going to be great, and your customers are going to call you late when they realize they don't have COVID. You'll see. And so, literally, we start booking jobs in January, and uh, we, we were doing that, but then in March, we started getting a ton of cancellations, and I told everybody, you wait, October 15th, the floodgates will open. And indeed they did. And it was a great year. It was a lot of different businesses. People who wouldn't go to malls were now hiring you to come to their house. And the business shifted dramatically. But the other thing that happened is I told all of my Santas that we have in our agency, take the year off. You're in two high risk categories. You're 50 pounds overweight and you're, and you're over 65. And as a result of that, you can be in seven high-risk categories, high blood pressure, heart disease, and many other And you things. yourself uh, had also had cancer, right? Well, I had cancer, so that's why I took off, and I probably would have taken off for COVID, but I, I made it real clear in my Santas, don't work. And about 40% of them said, okay. But the other 60% said, I'm working, so book me. So I did, but we set down some real strict guidelines for our Santas as well as our clients to ensure their safety. And we did follow-up work and we didn't have one breach the whole year. Now this year, um, first of all, there's a natural attrition rate because of the age of Santa's helpers. But this year you had even more Santa's retiring who, and many who didn't come back. 
And we had a huge number of Santas get COVID and are no longer with us. Now, do you have you have Jewish Santa, other other Jews who apply to your school? Yes. Oh, oh yeah. you do. Any other yeah. Orthodox Jews? Um, I, I haven't had any Orthodox Jews, but I know of some others, and uh, I don't know much about them. Um, I've had one call me, and uh, I know of another one, but most of the Jews are Reformed or, or conservative. Did you ever consider? Did you ever wear payas to side curls when you wore the Santa Claus uh, outfit? <laughs> so my very first year in high school, I did that because um, I thought it'd be cute and funny. But looking back on it, then as well as now, I think it was disrespectful because I was like making fun, and it's you don't make fun of goodness. Goodness deserves to be pure. Now I'm curious, when you celebrate Purim in the Purim spiel, do, you, do they call on you to participate with the Santa outfit on Purim? Um, no, they don't. But but one year I did go, and they have these uh, reindeer costumes. They stick out in front of you. And so the front legs are not real, but the back legs are actually your legs. And it looks like you're – and then they're fake legs over the, over the reindeer. And so I looked like I was riding the reindeer – but actually, I was walking, holding up the front of the reindeer. And so one year I did that, and everybody got really tickled. Wow. So as far most of the members of your congregation, the Orthodox Shul, accepting, they they have no problems uh, with your being Santa all your life. Everybody's wonderful. My rabbi, Rabbi Starr, he loves being Santa's uh, rabbi. He's the only guy who's Santa's rabbi. Oh, that's how he does. He promote himself as Santa's rabbi? No, he says that. He promotes himself as an Orthodox rabbi of the synagogue, but he'll tell people, oh, yeah, I'm, his, I'm the Orthodox, I'm Santa's rabbi. That's what he says. Has it had I any, love him. He's just wonderful. He's an amazing man. He really is. Has, he, had any, he's, has it had any impact on your Jewish lifestyle playing Santa? Has it had any impact at all? I think that everything good has an impact in every single way. And being Santa is an amazingly good and wonderful experience. Your responsibility is multiplied endlessly. For example, as a parent, there's nothing that you can do that's a bigger responsibility than raise and take care of your children. But for the guy who lives in Iowa, he could care less that you're a parent. And there's nothing that's a bigger responsibility if you're a doctor and you can save people that you perform the surgery, you save people. But again, it's limited. The guy in, in, in California could care less that you're a doctor. But when you're Santa, you're responsible for the hopes and dreams of all children and everybody on this earth is a child. It's like P.T. Barnum said, children of all ages. And it's an amazing experience because people prior to COVID would just come up and hug you and, and it was unbelievable. Now they keep their distance, but they still will tell you their deepest, darkest, secrets and desires and wants it's it's an amazing thing to have that kind of trust it's it's you can't explain it so would you say that's like pretty an unorthodox profession for an orthodox jew right that's a it's an unorthodox profession for everybody there aren't enough santas in this world there's a huge shortage in the world anyway i want to thank you uh, santa rick ruvain rosenthal professional year-round santa who also attends it, it's, it used to be called the Congregation of Israel, Toka Hills. What is it called now in Atlanta? Or HaTorah. Or HaTorah. Thank you for being with us. Certainly a very interesting occupation. 
And uh, I know you've gotten a lot of media attention for it, too, correct? I know you were Vice and Jerusalem Post and other publications picked up this story. This year more than other years, correct? Uh, well, last uh, in 2019, there was a 48-minute documentary on our school, the Northern Lights Santa Academy. But this year, Vice did uh, a thing and on me personally. And I've been all over in Turkey and everywhere else. In, wow. um, now, do, do you advertise the school closed on Jewish holidays? <laughs> and no, but we do have to plan not to have it then. <laughs> All right, just uh, anyway, Santa, Ruben, Rick, thank you for joining us and look forward to having you back on a future broadcast. And I just thought you'd like to know, I looked at my naughty and nice book while we were talking and you're on the nice list. Oh, thank you. All right. I'm not on the naughty list, I'm on the nice list. Okay. <laughs> what do you give me for Hanukkah? I won eight nights of presents. <laughs> uh, well, you know what? We've got those. I'm going to talk to the elves about that. I, I, I want to see the Jewish elves. Okay. We've got Schmelf the Jewish elf. Do you know who he is? Uh, who's that? It's a real book. You should get it. Schmelf the Jewish elf. I have to look for it. Anything Jewish, I'm in. Anyway, thank oh. you so much for being part of our show. Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, and Happy and Healthy New Year. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Are you interested in hosting your own radio show and podcast, or perhaps a TV program? Talkline Network can help you get on the air from one hour weekly to 24 hours a day. Ideal for ethnic, foreign language, medical, business, and religious broadcasting. We also have full-time radio stations for lease, as well as FMHD channels. For more information, please call 212-769-1925. That's 212-769-1925. Or email zevbrenner at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. For continuous Jewish programs, talklinenetwork.com or our 24-hour-a-day listen line at 641-741-0389. For past shows, you can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Amazon, YouTube, Instagram, and all major podcast platforms or jewishpodcast.org. Thanks for listening to the talklinenetwork.com. Talkline Network Radio, America's longest-running Jewish broadcast network, the voice of the Jewish community.